And I'm Rico. And this is the Always the Critic podcast, where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Rico, how are you? I am doing well. I'm doing well. Okay. It's it's fun to be on the other side of the introduction. Yeah, I know. I'm taking the lead on this one. you know, we had a good week, relatively started well. We we got to go to a wedding and uh, celebrate with some friends of ours, their their nuptials. It was amazing. The wedding food was delicious. The bride was beautiful. All good things. One of the best mazel, weddings I've been mazel, to. Mazel, mazel, all good mazel, things. Mazel. <laughs> One of the best weddings I've been to, I will say. It's um, top, top two is what I said in the elevator. <laughs> this is top two for me. <laughs> I um, always have crazy wedding stories. Um All right. So if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you like us, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That goes such a long way for us to get noticed by other subscribers and listeners. And uh, go ahead and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. Where you can find us is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at AlwaysCriticPod. Lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support for the show. And you can check us out on our page on patreon.com slash always critic pod. All right, let's get into it. We got a new series on our hands. I pitched this to you maybe a few days ago. And I was yeah. like, what are what are we doing for our next episode? And you were like, no idea. January so, sucks. It is January. There are no new releases this month, 2021. And that sucks for us. But what I did was I just went back to previous years that had January releases and found a pattern. Obviously... January and February are dumping grounds for a lot of studios to get rid of uh, movies that they don't have a lot of faith in that aren't going to bring in a lot of box office numbers for them that might be bad, right? (laughs) for lack of a better word. And so going back through the January, the January's past was kind of hilarious. It's usually, you know, mediocre action movies, Liam Neeson style. Like this year. Like this year, which you can, <laughs> there's actually a Liam Neeson movie that no one's going to go out and see. It's variations on a theme. And then it's also really, really bad horror movies and scary movies that come out in January and February. Um, one thing that I found that was a lot of fun is there's a lot of rom-coms that came out in January, including the one that we're going to talk about today. So we're going to, we're going to see... If Rico can defend Along Came Polly. Yes. This is the first episode of the In Defense Of. And yes, we are going to talk about Along (laughs) Came Polly. Um, Yeah. And I think the biggest reason why there's rom-coms and we found quite a bit of rom-coms in that time frame is because February is right around the corner. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, get, uh, get yourself a date. Go out to see a nice romantic comedy. Yeah, it, you usually. might get a release in January so that you can have a Valentine's Day outing. Yeah, pretty much. At the movie theater, pretty which much. is fine, except a lot of these rom-coms are not so great. Usually. <laughs> L- usually. usually. <laughs> exactly. Because usually they are catering to the the most stereotypical of things. They're not very smartly written. They're just churned out. And just mm. hope to make a buck, pretty much on the other end. Um, but yeah. 
I will say the movie <laughs> that we're going to talk about, Along Came Polly, is an underrated, okay. very underrated rom-com. So you feel it's underrated? Yes. You feel like people should give it a shot? Yes. A second shot? A second shot. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's exactly what we're here for. You're going to yeah. defend it. I'm going to defend this movie, and I will say that not only does it deliver <laughs> one of the most memorable co- comedic scenes that we have seen in probably the last 20 years, but also one of the best comedic performances I have ever seen in my life. So. What? Okay. So. Let's get it. Let's just start with the, what is the IMDb synopsis for this movie for those of us who are a little fuzzy on the details? Yes. Yeah, so. Uh, The movie is a buttoned-up newlywed finds his strictly organized life descend into chaos when he falls in love with an old classmate. There's a little more to that besides that synopsis. That's from IMDb. Okay. (laughs) uh, The movie's uh, written and directed by John Hamburg. He is one of the writers of Meet the Parents and Zoolander. So, hey, Ben Stiller's there. Uh, Mm -hmm. It stars Ben Stiller as Ruben Pfeffer. Jennifer Aniston as Polly, the title uh, Polly, Deborah Messing, Alec Baldwin, and Philip Seymour Hoffman. And also, let's throw a shout out to Hank Azaria as well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so this movie was not well received at all by critics in the critic circles. Um, I'm going to go and just read some experts, excerpts, I should say, from some reviews from back in the day. Please do. Um, this mo- also, this movie was released January 04. Yes. So it's firmly a mid-2000s movie. Uh, Empire Magazine at the time gave it three out of five stars. Here's an excerpt. The director keeps the running time sensibly short and the romantic schmaltz to a minimum, resulting in a film that's more edgy than some of its peers. However, it stops just short of its potential. Resorting instead to Subferelli Brothers' bodily function humor when going when the going gets tough. It's not bad, but given all the talent involved, it would have been nice for Hamburg to push the envelope a bit further and deliver something with a real bite. As it is, this is more of a pleasant but forgettable time filler. Okay, so... So they're saying it's forgettable. I don't think it's forgettable. I okay. don't think it's forgettable because I think that because of the fact that there's a couple of scenes and a couple of quotes that still either get referenced nowadays. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't think that you could say it's forgettable just because of the fact that there's things in our lexicon that have <laughs> lived on because not because they got their start in this movie, but this movie like reignited uh, certain phrases, certain uh, just things that people say. It reignited for people. That's what I will say. So I don't say I don't think forgettable is the term you can use for this movie. This person also thought the bodily humor was rubbish. I'm gonna and give him that. The cast is great, but no chances taken. Hamburg played it pretty safe, didn't push the envelope, as they said in their review. So I guess when he says didn't push the envelope, what are they trying to get in terms of a rom-com? Usually the rom-com is for as much as we love the genre, we love the genre. Okay, it's formulaic. Yes, one hundred percent. I'm not going to fault a rom com for being formulaic. Right. I'm not going to fault it for the couple getting together at the end. That's part of the formula. If yes. they don't get together again at the end, it's a freaking drama. Yeah, it's a drama. Then you're watching a drama. Or just a yeah. weird comedy, oddball comedy. 
Yeah. Uh, so I don't know what the what he wants to push. Like I right. I don't get what he's what what is the reviewer saying by saying they didn't push the envelope? And it's like, I mean, did you want to lay more into like dramatic <laughs> stuff, like something like the Big Sick would? You know, like. Because that is a different type of... That is firmly 2010s, I feel like. From right. 2010 onward, you're going to get really kind of edgy, dark humor, 500 Days of Summer, Big right. Sick. Yes. Uh, these are like, you, they have comedy, but they have way more drama to right. them. But in the year that this was filmed, 2004, yes. um, this is not the type of rom-com that is being released. That's not even the type of comedy that's being released. Uh, one of the things that you placed in in our notes here is what a year Stiller had in two thousand. Still okay. So this we talk about the McConaissance. Yes, a lot uh, in time. film circles, film Twitter, and all that shit. Yeah. Um, Ben Stiller's Stillersance or whatever you want to call it was mid two thousands. One hundred percent two thousand four was his year. Um, Dodgeball, Starsky and Hutch, Anchorman, Meet the Fockers, and Along Came Polly all came out in 2004, the same friggin' year. That's five movies, baby. That's five banger movies that he can be remembered for any one of them. A lot of people love Dodgeball. A lot of people love Anchorman. And Along Came Polly is like a rom-com. <laughs> right. It's, like, it's the yeah. one that bucks the trend. It is. It's the one it that does. bucks the trend. Um. So I'll move on to Roger Ebert, the great the Robert great Roger, Roger Ebert. Ebert. Yeah, RIP. He gave it two out of four stars. <laughs> he did not like it. He said, the problem is that their relationship and indeed Ruben's entire array of friendships and business associations are implausible, not in a funny way, but in a distracting way. We keep doubting that this person would be acting this way in this situation. What kind of a risk assessor is Ruben if he knows that he has irritable bowel syndrome and nevertheless goes on a first date with Polly to a dinner at a North African spice palace? Like, that doesn't make sense to Raj. It doesn't make sense to Raj. Come on, man. No. Um, I, I'm The simplest explanation for that is it's a man who likes a woman and will do anything bend, to bend get over with that backwards. woman yes i mean he's it, gonna it, try and please her yeah and not so it's not her. like you're if you've ever been on a date especially a first date and you really like the person but then like they choose something weird to do you still <laughs> go with it because you're just like eh, i still like this person i, I really want to be with this person so so i kind of get where raj is coming from though because if he he knows he has ibs yes like, wouldn't it just be okay to say, hey, look, I can't eat, like, spicy food. Can can we can we go someplace else? It's not that I don't like spicy food. Like, I my stomach can't handle it or what have you. It um, would make it a lot easier. So it would completely disrupt the flow of the comedy that they were going for and the bodily yes. humor that the first reviewer from Empire was talking about. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I kind of get where Raj is coming from. He's like, why would – if he knows <laughs> – and he, the personality that he has is so uptight right. and plays it safe all the time. Why would he still go through with it? Um, Raj also said, there isn't a lot in the movie that is funny. I did like Philip Seymour Hoffman as Sandy, Ruben's best man. So he gave props to, to PSH. Raj. Okay. I can't wait to talk about PSH. I can't. I, I really can't. <laughs> but all right. So 
Look, uh, I'll give Raj the the bodily humor stuff. Same thing with the first review. That's one of the things that if I would, I can't hold back on that. Those are things that I personally don't even enjoy that much about the movie, but that still doesn't take away from it. So what else, <laughs> what else do we have in terms oh of Oh my reviews? God. Okay. So here's the last one that I'll quote. It's from the New York Times. This, oh God. this reviewer said, when the chemistry fizzles, as in the teaming of Ben Stiller and Jennifer Aniston in Along Came Polly, like, okay, let me pause right there, because their, their whole review is about Along Came Polly. Like, you right. read the title, you're in the middle of the review. They go, when the chemistry fizzles, as in the movie that you are re- talking, that I'm talking about right now, that you came to see this, this article. Right. <laughs> it's like redundant, but okay. They say the only thing produced is an irritating heat rash. Watching these two go at it is almost as uncomfortable as observing the 60 something Woody Allen nuzzling a beauty less than half his age. So Woody Allen catching stray bullets as he should. Right. But um, right. <laughs> they say that there is no chemistry between Jen Aniston and Benny. And I have to agree with this review about the lack of chemistry between the leads. Can, what are you going to say to that? Can I add something to that actually? What yes, yeah, sure. I believe that out of that entire friends cast, the you know, trying to make it into movies be bigger okay. than TV stars. All right. Even <laughs> though she has starred in some the most movies, I think she has starred in some of the worst movies. That oh, that entire absolutely. crew has come through. I don't think Jennifer Lopez. Uh, I'm sorry, Jennifer. Lopez. Well, I know. Whoa, <laughs> different episode. Different, different episode. episode. <laughs> uh, I don't think Jennifer Aniston is a good leading lady. Ah, okay. I don't think so. I think that her character in just about everything she does is basically just Rachel repackaged. Mm. I I don't think there's been a movie where I can just pull away and think. Oh, she did an amazing job. All I think is, oh, that was Rachel from Friends again. Clearly, she's not. I mean, I hate to say it, but like she's not a great actress. She's not a great actress. The rom-com circuit is where she thrives because she doesn't have to try so hard. like that. It's still not great. So it's still already two negatives. Not not very good. No, I do want to touch on like Aniston because Raj said this in his review as well. I didn't quote this, but he was talking about like she just wants to be salsa dancing. It seems like that's like the main thing that Aniston wanted to do. (laughs) You know what this sounds like? It just sounds like I just want to have a good time. Sandler movie. Well, yeah, like picking exotic locations. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this movie in Hawaii. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do this movie here because he wants to go on vacation at wherever they're on set right so and okay so according to an interview jennifer aniston said that the reason she worked on this film was both to work with her friend ben stiller and to dance salsa i mean <laughs> good lord i mean that's true that, that that's that and does like, feel i feel it yeah i feel it it, it kind of feels when like when the movie. you can tell that an actor wanted a certain role in a certain place because, oh, we're going to be filming in Hawaii. And, you know, (laughs) oh, I'm going to play a scuba instructor. Uh, Sure, I will do it because in reality, he's trying to get his uh, scuba permit pretty much. (laughs) Yes. 
yeah. So Aniston, you said she was on, you know, she's friends. Everyone knows her as Rachel from Friends. Everyone. This is like the end of the Friends. Yeah. Run. She was actually, on Friends from yeah. 94 to 2004. Yeah. She was in Office Space in 99. Bruce Almighty in 03. Mm-hmm. And then she did this movie in 04. Well, it was released in 04. Then she did Rumor Has It, another rom-com, in 05 that had Kevin Costner in it. Mm. Your favorite I hate guy. Kevin Costner. <laughs> and then, <laughs> no, not my favorite guy. And then she did The Breakup in 06 with Vince Vaughn. Obviously, I'm just keeping it, right. her it's, filmography to that one era. Right, and it's... She's but, actually not bad in that movie. And surprisingly, the movies that you've mentioned have worked in spite of her. Uh, mm. Bruce Almighty is it's a great way is, to put it. It's a great comedy that works in spite of having her as the romantic lead. Same thing with Office Space. I think Office Space is one of the funniest movies I've ever watched. Uh, but the the romance that they try to form with Jennifer Aniston at the lead as the lead is uh, lacking and this movie also shows it too it, it it lacks like you you want someone who really brings like an eccentricity to the role because the whole point of the comedy is that ruby it's an odd couple type of comedy you need someone who is a bit erratic or uh someone who's not ruben ben stiller mm-hmm. who's like a I need to keep everything within borders. I need right. to. Right. This is an odd, an odd couple, so to speak. They're complete opposites. Right. And that's her entire persona. It's like built to be the polar opposite of Pfeffer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ruben Pfeffer's character is like an insurance adjuster, a risk assessor. And, you know, he's so uptight. Yes. He's so everything is about strategy and risk assessment. Risk assessment, and he's not loosey goosey. He's no. not. I mean, he took four uh, years mean, to finally get married to Deborah Messing character. So, I mean, that speaks uh, kind of <laughs> volumes there. Um, okay, so something else the New York Times article said was each time the movie's verbal humor falls flat. Along Came Polly reminds you how difficult it is to write comic banter that is genuinely funny. So it freaking went after the script as well, the writing of the comic. I'm going to have to disagree there. I think that this movie is very funny in terms of its screenwriting is really funny throughout. Um, okay, so what's the best line that you're like, oh my God, this is freaking hilarious. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Okay. And if you can't remember the line, you can just kind of describe the scene. No, no, as well no. There, there's, there's plenty. So there's plenty. I don't want to step on the toes because the good that I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about. But uh, one of the funniest moments in, in the movie is a conversation that uh, Stiller is having with Philip Seymour Hoffman. They're eating well, okay, pizza. Okay, so. Okay. And yes. the, and yeah, a lot of it's the line delivery, but it's it's really funny the way the lines are delivered. Like he's like telling him what he should be doing with her, uh, and you know he's oh, just yeah. Like, this is when he tells him he should spank her, right? And it's just a little tap, just a little tap, and <laughs> and it is really funny the way he interacts with the the words that he is saying, and he's uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean. 
because in this movie, Stiller is playing the straight man. He he really is, even though he gets like to have his fun in moments, especially like salsa dancing. Uh, but he's playing the straight man, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is just going buck wild. Okay, do you want to talk about Philip Seymour? Let's talk about PSA. Right I think here we're gonna have to. I think we have. We're to. gonna have to dive, diverge here and and talk about. Philip Seymour Hoffman, because that's the main, he's the main reason why I like the movie. Right. And he's it's the, Philip Seymour Hoffman. As soon yes. as he comes on the screen, it's a media comedy, immediate, immediate comedy. So I'm going to run hysterical. down some of my favorite moments and they almost all have Philip Seymour Hoffman. In it. <laughs> okay. Okay. The moment he walks in, best man's here, walks on the floor, Pratt fall, like immediately falls on his ass and um, it was so he eats it's it a so slip dirty. slide <laughs> <laughs> well, I t- but ben stiller right after that doesn't make the comedy better he's like i told why did you guys um wax the floor i told you guys not to do it we have a lot of um <laughs> we have a lot of 70 and up coming to 65 and up coming to the wedding and i didn't find that part funny philip seymour hoffman fucking eating it on the dance floor yes literally just walking is yes. what's funny to me that 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 is funny uh later on when uh they're like the ceremony and you have the photographer big yeah. smiles and just <laughs> and you see him dancing to hava nagila and it's just hi, 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 and he just eats it again on the floor uh so i don't know why but philip seymour hoffman really gets how to move as yes. A fat man. He he understands. Like, like he reminds me of like Wolf Ferrell in that SNL sketch with the f- freaking cowbell. Yes. Because of the way he like gyrates and moves his, <laughs> t- his, his stomach that's exposed. Yes. And like that Seymour Hoffman energy. That's the same energy that PSH is giving off in this movie. Like he's constantly <laughs> like moving his body and like positioning his stomach in such a way that it is funny just to watch, just to see him. On screen. Fun fact, uh, this movie was released in the same year that uh, his Oscar-winning performance, Capote, was released, 2004. <laughs> so, sandwiched, it, basically it was Cold Mountain, uh, oh my a God. prestige movie, Along yeah. Came Polly, Capote. Like, he sandwiched <laughs> this movie in between those two performances. But you performances. know he was having so much fun. Oh like, my God, everyone- he's having so much fun. Everyone seems to be having a good time, but like Philip Seymour Hoffman oh my is God. having the time of his life. Yes, he is. He's having I, the time of his life. Uh, the next scene that we really get into it with him is when they go to the party and like they're in that elevator <laughs> shaft and he's just <laughs> no. like, oh, freaking horny. And just that, like see, with okay, the sunglasses. See, I didn't, okay, okay. So I didn't laugh th- at that part. It's so awkward. He's like, Man, I'm so horny. And like the. <laughs> Freaking full elevator of people. Like, it's super awkward. Dying. Dying. What I laughed at was later in the party, Ben Stiller meets Polly. Mm-hmm. Whatever about that. What happened to you? Hey, Ruben, I'm in a situation here. We have to leave now. Well, no, can we stay a couple more minutes? But dude, no. This is serious. I just sharted. I don't know what that means. I tried to fart and a little shit came out. Oh. I just sharted. Right now, let's go. You're the most I'm disgusting the- person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> <laughs> And then when the waddle. When I tell you I couldn't breathe. When I tell you I couldn't breathe. When I watched that part. And then the waddle. The uh, waddle away the waddle, to the like, to the elevator. Yeah. Oh, it's And fainted. even how he's interacting with Polly, you're just like, I feel that. Because if I started at a party and like someone that I hadn't seen since, what is it, middle school? Like grade school? Yes. 
is there and I'm like waiting to leave, like counting the seconds to leave. That's how I would be acting. Like Philip Seymour Hoffman's. Yes. Oh my like, God. Is this how I would act? So. And that <sighs> that's one of the terms that I was going to say is sharded is like a term that kind of like lived <laughs> on from that. Like, no, that's not the, I'm not that saying, not the, I'm not saying that's where it started. That's not where okay. it started, but I'm just saying like it brought it new life and then it stayed in the lexicon. Um, then comes one of the funniest scenes is the basketball scene. Well, anytime Philip Seymour Hoffman has a basketball. Making it rain. <laughs> Boom, misses. Raindrop. <laughs> Iceman. White, cho- white chocolate. <laughs> white chocolate. One of my favorite one of my favorite moves that he does is like he's like running like kind of under the basket. And I don't know if he was like trying to do like a, a reverse layup, like but then he like flings the ball all the way back to the cage <laughs> and he like falls on the ground completely. Like he's not using a stunt I'm double like here. Starting, he is, I'm starting to cry. He's not using so a stunt funny. double. He's just like throwing himself onto the ground and he's like, time out. T, uh, my lungs are burning. <laughs> that whole part is. The whole part. Like clearly the funniest shit you've ever seen. Him just it's yelling really basketball fun. terms and then shooting the ball. Oh, it's like, God. pick and roll. And then he, he like, <laughs> <laughs> hits just nothing but backboard. Just like, it's such clank, a spectacle. Clank, it is clank. Such, a, such a spectacle. <laughs> um, as soon as he's playing basketball with all of the things that he's saying, the nonsense, he's playing terribly. Oh, it's, he cannot play, but he thinks he can. Oh, God. It's, it's the most unearned confidence in the world. <laughs> <laughs> And that's one of the scenes that I'm talking about. It's one of the and funniest I, scenes. I know. I, I I like Philip Seymour Hoffman in the movie. He's trying to steal it from Ben Stiller, like actively trying to yes. steal the movie. Oh, for sure. Now, not to like l- let this be like a a parade of just like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Two more things real quick. Okay. Uh, there is the scene where they're practicing for uh, Jesus Christ Superstar and he like takes oh, the solo. Gosh. Yes. And it's like. I just had a moment and I just went with it. But you're playing Judas. <laughs> Judas. <laughs> hey, I'm the star of the show. <laughs> and like the way he just takes over and like the dancing and the like, again, like you said, like he knows how to use his body in a comedic way. Like mm-hmm. he's like the way he's like spinning and dancing while he's doing his solo is hilarious. So that and then finally, uh, the final like the board meeting where they're about to approve the guy for the insurance and he is just all in we're not gonna let this and then like he grabs the wrong guy (laughs) and baldwin has to like point at him like no other guy yeah and then we're not gonna let this guy (laughs) and then he's like bear fighting uh alligator hunting and just like yelling and then finally at the end after his impassioned speech of like we should give this guy money the one guy is like you were in crocodile tears, weren't you? <laughs> yes, I oh, was. God. <laughs> damn, goddamn right, I was. <laughs> All uh, right, so yeah, so Philip Seymour Hoffman is not the reason why we're here. We're here because I think Miss Miss Aniston has a lot of issues in this movie. Um, okay. So the last the last quote <laughs> from the New York Times article: "Along came Polly can't transcend its central miscasting." It will take a better film than this one to make Miss Aniston a full-blown movie star. Mm. Boom! Mic drop. They literally said, nah, this ain't it, chief. This ain't it, chief. (laughs) 
I, I want to ask this question. We don't have to answer it right now at this moment. We can kind of save it maybe for the end, but just to get our gears turning. Who in that time, mid 2000s, who would have been a better casting for that particular role? I would have loved to see Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. Before she was Bridesmaids, Rose Byrne and Onward. Right. Because I remember seeing her in movies like The Phantom Menace. Mm. Okay. Where she's one of uh, Padme's doubles and yeah. she's like a nobody. She's right. taking, it's, it's not, not even a role really, but she's there. You recognize her now. She was in Troy. What year did Troy come out? I believe Troy was, no, Troy was in 2004 as well, was it? I'm going to um, find out right now. Yeah, so she was in Troy, which is like a, a, she was more of a leading role then. So I almost feel like it was a good time maybe to have her be this really ditzy, boho chic gypsy of a role opposite Ben Stiller instead of Jan Aniston who we have known issues with and every critic said she can't act um that's true maybe Rose Byrne could have flexed in this role that's not a bad idea I just uh usually in a movie like this you want someone with rain a name recognition at the time to star yeah. alongside Ben Stiller sure. because sure. obviously Ben Stiller I mean, is in the prime of his career. Like he is right in the middle of it. So usually in a, in a moment like that, you would want to pair him with another big name. Anderson's a big name, like but Halle Berry or something. I don't think she's eccentric enough. The movie needs to rely on an eccentric figure, and I don't know if Barry maybe like Barrymore. Barrymore, maybe Barrymore could, but could have done it. She could have done it. Uh, That's not a bad choice because you want someone who's lively and and is outgoing, but at the same time, you know, a little (laughs) dangerous for Ruben, you know, (laughs) for Ruben himself. So Barrymore is not a bad choice. Um, I do like the Rose Byrne comp, though. I I think Rose Byrne could have done it. Um, maybe her career at that point wasn't that big enough for Not her yet. to star alongside. Yeah, that you know, that's ben the Stiller only problem. Is and that- be the Polly of Along Came Polly. But um, yeah, I think she could do it easily today. Would would um Anna Ferris been too too much? Oh my God, no way, Anna Ferris, no way, no way, right? It no would have been too way, much, Jose. Yeah, it would have been too much. It would have been too much. I, the thing is, every movie that she's in where she's flexing. As a comedian, yeah, it's too much. Uh, yeah, like you're I'm right. thinking like House Bunny, Just Friends, Scary Movie. Wait, right, she was in Scary Movie, right? She was in no. Scary Movie. Yes. The only movie that she has been somewhat well, actually, she was cast in a rom com, and it's a What's Your Number, where she start starred opposite <gasps> oh, Chris that's Evans, right? Yes, and yes. so like the movie was centered around her, and Chris Evans was the the supporting. In, mm-hmm. in that movie. And I think she worked pretty well there because even though she was a bit eccentric, she wasn't on full display Anna Ferris. You know, she wasn't being like butt of joke or she wasn't trying like to be like scene stealing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but still just enough, like maybe someone like her. But I, I would love to know if you guys are listening now, send us a tweet or 
write to us on Instagram. Yeah. Who's the real Polly here? Who's the real Polly? Who would have been a good Polly? Because we both agree. Me and Jessica both agree. Jennifer Aniston just doesn't cut it. (laughs) So, uh, so yeah, that's the main problem with this movie, I think. And I can't, this is something I can't defend is the fact that Jennifer Aniston is just not that great of an actress. So you never really buy into the relationship between her and Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller as a leading man Fine, no problem. Mm-hmm. Like he mm-hmm. he plays the straight man good enough. He he he's a great comedic mind, so he knows when to pick and choose his spots to be really funny. Like mm-hmm. hell, he was in um there's something about Mary opposite of Cameron Diaz, and that is like an all-time romantic fun movie, which I think this movie is trying to emulate, but it's yeah. PG thirteen. Right. At whereas, you know, there's something about Mary is rated R. So like they're they're trying to push up, and the only way they can is with like the gross out humor, really. Yeah. Uh, but did you like the gross out humor? Not that much, no. Not that much. Okay, so I don't remember the gross out humor. So when I rewatched the movie, I was surprised because Ben Stiller has this whole toilet scene. Yes. Yeah. Where Jesus. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this. So let's do it. It's their first date. They go to the, what is it, an Indian restaurant where they're sitting on the floor eating with their hands the whole bit. Yes. Um, and he starts sweating profusely at the table. Oh, God, yes. And Jennifer Aniston's character, Polly, notices. Like, she says, are you feeling okay? Like, do you, do you need anything? Do you, would you like some water or whatever? And he's like, oh, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I just, you know... And he's playing it off. He's sweating like through his shirt. He's it's like dripping down his face. Then more time goes on and he starts like belching and oh, like yeah. making noise. Like his body's making noise. His body's just come, like, coming for him. It's it is. And she goes, do you need a towel or something like she? I think maybe the scene would have worked if she was seeing something completely off the wall and wasn't noticing his distress. Right. Just like her rambling about like something that she did when she went to like just like some offbeat thing of like when I was in Peru and blah, blah. And just like, you know, something like that. But she's seeing that he's not feeling well. And he goes up to use the bathroom. Someone's in the restroom, so he can't use the stall. And so he just holds it. Mm. which I don't know if you guys have been in this situation where you're like, I have to go immediately. I might not make it, <laughs> but I, you can't, you can't there's, just like there's hold nothing. it. There, uh, <laughs> there's a, there's there like very no few things in this earth that are worse than that. There's nothing in this world that's <laughs> worse than that. And then I can't imagine uh, on a first date as well, where you're trying to be the best version of yourself. Yes. You don't want to shit your pants. You don't want to shart, as PSH says earlier. So it's a mess. Like, I don't know why why Raj didn't say anything about how it's unbelievable that, like, there's someone in the stall and he doesn't try any other bathroom and go outside, like, oh, I got to make a call and, like, leave to find a restroom because he has IBS. It's happening. It's happening, like like they say in Bridesmaids. Yes, it's happening. Oh, it's God. happening. <laughs> so he somehow makes it to the end of the dinner. They walk back to her apartment, and he decides it's a good idea to take a shit in her bathroom. No, you can't do that on the first date. You can't. You cannot you, do that. 
you gotta you <laughs> gotta walk work. her to her door and it's like it's been great it was, it was a really fun night i'll call you and get the hell out of there get to a bathroom Yes, you high step it out of there because there's no telling how far you can get. Nope. So he makes it upstairs. Again, like, I don't think this, obviously it's done for the comedy, but I don't feel like it's, it should be there. Right. You know? I, I agree. I agree. I think having his character have IBS kind of just like, just for the sake of like, oh, let's, let's have something funny about him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that way we could create a bit. And here's the thing, like, he was eating, like, a slice, a New York slice earlier in the movie with Philip Seymour Hoffman. But he dabbed the grease off of it. But he dabbed the grease off of it, but it's still a pizza, like it's a New York pizza. slice. Yeah, it's still a pizza. Come on. It's still pizza. Come like, on. he had no pepperoni on it. It's a cheese, plain cheese. But at the same time, I'm like, if you had IBS, would you even, like, casually eat a greasy slice of New York pizza? No. No, you wouldn't. I don't know if I would, like, you know. No, I, I agree. I, I see what you're saying, of course. Um, yeah. So, so gross humor doesn't really work for me. No. Although I will say they introduce a great character when they go up to her apartment and that is Rodolfo. <laughs> <laughs> the the ferret. blind ferret. The blind ferret. I fucking love Rodolfo the ferret. Um, he's basically the best character in the movie. I think he's up there with PSH. Oh my God. Jesus. I think he's so funny. Like everything Rodolfo does, like they have an obvious, like, um, like a cat toy or something that looks like a ferret that they slam into things yes. whenever Rodolfo can't see something. And they make this like boom noise whenever he slams into shit, like the wall or the trash can. And it literally got me every single time. <laughs> I was dying of laughter every time Rodolfo was on the screen. And so Rodolfo's in the toilet with him. Yes. And when shit goes down or comes up, I don't know how However you want to phrase it. Rodolfo fucking dips like he get like he leaves the bathroom. Yes. Which is great. It's I great. just love it. Uh, yeah. no, it, it's great the way they add Rodolfo into this. Uh so I I can't d- defend that. So so far So gross out humor. I yeah, I don't know if it works, but it does work in the basketball scene. It does. The the See, I have played pickup basketball where shirts and skins. I was never on the skins team. Never. (laughs) Uh, And guarding the person or the guy without the shirt who's super sweaty was the worst. (laughs) And there was always that one guy who was really hairy and it was just like, yeah, I don't want to cover this guy. I do not want to cover this guy. (laughs) Well, the way Ben Stiller (laughs) covers the dude. Is great. Like he's just like arms length, arms definitely length, just like not wanting to get close to him. He probably stinks. <laughs> Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. Never get close to that person on a basketball court. No, thank you. So um, that part with the slow mo is funny. It's I like still that. Funny. Yeah. No, yeah. that's still funny though because it's. Yeah. I think that right there is enough of a gross out moment because like it's just like the slow motion the sound effects it was really done well to really make you like just just say ill in that moment you know i love the guy's reaction when stiller's like hey do you mind can you put your shirt back on and he's like <laughs> like offended <laughs> like what even is that question oh i'm not gonna put my shirt back on who no. do you think you are no all in one moment so i you know 
the toilet didn't work, but the basketball did. So right. Uh, there's one more thing that I do want to talk about that did work for me, and it it's a couple of other side characters. I think mm. the side characters really st- steal the movie really throughout, uh, because even though you're there for the love story, at least you're supposed mm-hmm. to be there. You're more enamored with the side characters. So you have obviously um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, but then you have yeah. these two other characters that are both pretty eccentric themselves. And it's Alec Baldwin's character. Uh, oh God, yes. Alec Baldwin's character. Uh, he is Ruben's boss. He, he plays Stan, and like the voice that he drops down to, it's like I don't know how he gets there. Muzzle, muzzle, muzzle. All good things. All good things. <laughs> And the way he's like, good things. I think he just shortens it like good things. things. Yeah. Like as the movie goes on, uh, it's just shortened to good things. And like at the beginning at during their toast, he's like, Ruben is an honest man. (laughs) And Ruben won't say stuff like this. So I'll say it for him. He's the best insurance man we've ever seen. And then like the way he just drops in there, just. You know, like, hey, but don't tire him out too much. I need him back fresh on Monday. <laughs> and Philip Seymour Hoffman is the only person that busts out laughing. Yeah, he just went <laughs> wedding party. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Stan just like, I mean, Alec Baldwin coming in with like that voice is fantastic. But then Hank Azaria. Hank Azaria. How can we forget Hank Azaria? I'm so, not forgetting him. I'm I'm giving go- him this dude right now. Okay, get, okay, talk about him. Okay, though we meet him early on in this movie. Uh, it's on He's, the honeymoon. But he bookends the movie. Huh? He bookends the movie. Yeah, he does. Because like we meet him right after the wedding. They're on their honeymoon. They're in Barbados. And no, they're in St. Bart's. St. Bart's, sorry. Yeah. And he walks up to them buck naked. <laughs> Just let that settle in for a second. I don't, I and then don't the reaction. I needed it. No, you didn't need it, but I think what makes it so funny is Deborah Messing's reaction. She's just like, <laughs> oh, oh my God. And then, but then like she can't stop looking. She like, can't stop looking. Like at she it. like tries to turn, but like she keeps looking. And yeah. so, but his voice, <laughs> it's his voice. Uh, Hank Azaria is a legendary voice. He, he's a legendary voice actor has done many of the voices on The Simpsons, for those who don't know. And the way he comes in... He was also in The Birdcage, which we covered in our Florida series late last year. So if you want to go back and listen to that, because we rave about Hank Azaria in that episode as well. Uh, But he comes in, he's like, would you like to scuba? Scuba? (laughs) And always call him Ruben Lubin. (laughs) And the inflection that he does is like, I I know scuba around here, and it's like always ends like on an upward trajectory. <laughs> on a oh my god, yeah. it's so ridiculous! And so he bookends the movie because then you see him again later on. After, of course, yeah. our title couple comes together and they get married and they go to St. Bart's. Uh, well, they don't go mar- get married. Well, no, like they, they get together, but they go. They're together, but they're not married, and they're just seeing where it goes. That's right. what they say at the end. But okay, here's my thing. Go. I love Hank Azaria. Yes, the great, great character. He's the foil to Ben Stiller because he seduces yes. Deborah Messing at the beginning of the movie. Yes, and disrupts their whole marriage, which just starts. It's like day two of them being married. Um. 
But if you had that traumatic experience in St. Bart's, would you go back in vacation in St. Bart's or would you pick a different island, a different vacation? I would probably go, go somewhere else. Yes. Why would you go to the <laughs> same island, same freaking beach? That is true. That with a chance of happening. meeting. And there's a Claude. good chance that you're going to meet Claude, the scuba instructor. The scuba? Scuba. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Um, Which is dumb. Like, I don't like that. Like, they did it just to get Hank Azaria back in there. Well, of it course. would have been funnier if they were at another island. And he shows and up Hank again. Hank Azaria's there. Yes. He shows up again. That yeah. would have been that would have been smarter to do, funnier to do. He can, yeah. yeah he can like teach they scuba or take people scuba diving wherever. Right, exactly. Whatever, a Caribbean of, island. Right, instead of St. Bart's, like, they go to, like, hell, they go to Cozumel, like, Mexico. <laughs> right, And right, all of right, a sudden right. he shows up. Oh, yeah, I do scuba here. I do scuba, scuba in the Caribbean. And just like he just wanders wherever the hell he wants. Exactly. So He's like a freaking ghost. It would have been smarter to do it that way. I it agree. It would have been so much better to do it. But. Because then you could have some serious surprise on Ben Stiller's face versus, oh, yeah, it's you. Like, right. you know. But I will say I will not turn down any chance to see Claude because <laughs> of how funny he is. Uh, so yeah, those two side characters I had, I wanted to give a shout out to. So side note, Hank Azaria is ripped in oh, this God. movie. Yes, he is. What is ripped. that? Yes, he is ripped. Uh, oh he works gosh. out like crazy for certain roles and yeah, it's crazy. He was jacked. He in was this jacked. Movie. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, so now that we've kind of gotten most of the stuff out of the way, the things that I have been able to defend, uh, that I think are great about this movie. Obviously, PSH, one of PSH. the all-time comedic bits. Unassailable. Unassailable. Uh, the basketball scene, one of the funniest scenes that we've seen I... in any comedy movie. Okay. Uh, I would say the other side characters are also very memorable as well. So those are three things that I think I can defend. <laughs> Did you mean Rodolfo? <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah. Rodolfo, <laughs> Alec Baldwin's character, Hank Azaria's character, the side characters. Okay. What I can't defend is the love story at the center of this movie. It's a rom-com. And it's the a rom-com rom part yes. is a problem. The rom is a problem in this rom-com. Yeah. And obviously I can't defend that this movie relies heavily on the gross-out humor of in, in multiple parts of the movie. So I can't defend that either. Um, so at the end of the day... How do you feel that I defended? Did I actually defend this movie well? <laughs> I think you just reminded me of the stuff that I actually like about the movie, which is PSH, Rudolfo, uh, Ben Stiller to a certain degree, although yeah. like I don't really care for this character. Gotcha. So much. Yeah, I really don't care for this character at all. Like it could have been any other straight straight laced dude. Jason Bateman. <laughs> and the thing is, the movie also, you don't, we didn't touch on this, but like there's a whole subplot of him trying to ensure a millionaire, billionaire CEO that's a daredevil. Yeah. And he's like uninsurable because he does so many dangerous things. And I, di I didn't care for that at all. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, that's, that's a complete arc of the movie that like yes, we never talked about because it comes now. to fruition at the end you talked about the end yeah where psh does um the presentation on ben stiller's behalf and says oh yeah we should insure him for 50 mil yeah exactly <laughs> for no other reason than he might he's probably not gonna die from all his shit <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty cool actually pretty cool dude but he's probably not gonna die from all his shit if he hasn't died already right um 
I don't think they needed it at all. No, you you don't. But I think every movie has like that side plot thing where every rom-com especially where the side character or like the the protagonist has to deal with something else that's outside of the periphery of the rom, you know, the romantic element. For some reason, most romantic comedies have like that weird thing where they have to deal with this shit over here, you know? I don't think the salsa worked for me. Oh, it's goofy. It's super goofy. It's, it's so goofy. It's goofy. So, um, especially because Jennifer Aniston is the one that's dancing salsa and she's obsessed with it. She's right. like, this is the hottest underground salsa club in New York. And I'm like, why does the salsa club need to be underground and like secret? It's New York. Um, it didn't make sense to me that there was like a speakeasy kind of <laughs> salsa club. In the oh, basement. what a way to describe like, it. It was bizarre. A speakeasy salsa bar. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, let's go. It was dumb. I think the 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 fact that her style really kind of just didn't age well as far as like the decorative scarves go. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I used to wear decorative scarves. Guys, this was a thing in the mid-2000s. I totally get that. <laughs> decorative scarves that served no purpose. They did not keep her warm in the slightest. They were a thing. It it dates the movie immediately. One thing that I thought was interesting was her house, her apartment, did age rather well because it looks like a freaking um, Urban Outfitters or um, an anthropology store. <laughs> it's it like really boho. does. Yeah. It's, so that whole part of... The story, in the context of the story, it doesn't make sense now because her aesthetic is cool. Right. But at the time, it's like in stark contrast to Ben Stiller with all of his throw pillows and everything in earthy tones and straight lines. And that was the prevailing style right. of the mid-2000s for home decor. And so... For Jennifer Aniston's apartment, for Polly's apartment to look like that and be a mess was ir irregular. Yes. It doesn't hold up today no, it where it's up. flipped. Like Ben Stiller's apartment is like really drab and out of touch and out of style. And then her lifestyle and her apartment looks fantastic. People want that aesthetic. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do want that aesthetic for sure. Um, yeah, no, uh, I don't think that with my defense, <laughs> people can say that I defended this movie well. Um, just because of the fact that I think that at the end of this conversation, uh, I don't think I... I think I won. I think you won just by presenting arguments and me not being able to you know, bat him back at you. The only thing I had in my pocket was PH, PSH, which PSH. is a good hand. It's a good it hand is. to have. Yeah, no. But it's not enough to win at the table. So <laughs> I will go ahead and say that I have been defeated in this in defense of <laughs> Along in Came In defense Polly. of Along Came Polly. Which yes. It's a fine, mediocre movie. Um. Would it be my number one choice to watch if there was a choice between this and some other rom-com? Probably not. I'd probably watch another comedy. Um, 
rather than this one. It's it's not even like foundational. Like the other 04 movies from Ben Stiller are like way more <laughs> funny yes. and like Anchorman alone. This is not pivotal. This no, is not pivotal. It's like one brick, Stiller. but it's not it's not the cornerstone. Right. No, no, I, of I understand. Ben Stiller. <sighs> yeah. Not quite enchanting enough. Not enough ROM. The calm was not not to the degree that we uh, are satisfied with. Yeah, I think I won this. Yes. I think yes, I you won did. this. And I don't hate the movie. No, no, you don't hate it's it. It's just not great. <laughs> no, and not I great. agree. I agree. It's oh, not well. great. And I, I tried to defend it, but I, I just could not. Okay. Y'all, let us know what you think about Along Came Polly. It's a January release. Did it live up to the reputation of January? Do you remember this movie better than we do? (laughs) Maybe you're like, whoa, I like this part. What about this? Come at us. Tell us on social media. Again, you can find us on all the socials at AlwaysCurtedPod. And again, leave us a review. If you liked what we had to say, if you thought we were funny, like, let us know. Talk to us. Yes, leave us a review please. on Apple Podcasts. That goes such a long way for us. Helps us out tremendously. And I think uh, with that said, I think uh, we're good to go. That's been our show. I'm Jessica. And I'm Rico. And this has been the Always the Critic Podcast.